If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this super awesome episode of The Mind Pump. Yeah. Uh, look, for the first 39 minutes, we do our introductory talk. Before we get into the fitness questions, here's what we talked about. We talked about Michael Jackson. Gosh, damn it. Yeah. And the halo effect. Why do we worship celebrities? Why do we always think that they're supposed to be better than they actually are? I think it was his moonwalk. Yeah. yeah. Then we talk about the health IQ of each state and the life expectancy of each state. Now, a health IQ is a rating you can get by the company Health IQ. They provide amazing life insurance for fit and healthy people. What you do is you go on their site, you take a test, and you get a health IQ, and that's how they determine what your life insurance score uh, should be. And the crazy thing is they did a test with all the states and found that the you know the states with the higher tests also had higher life expectancies and spent less what? on uh, medical bills. In other words, the more you know about fitness is strongly correlated to your life expectancy and your health. They have figured it out. Mind blown. It's pretty crazy. If you go to healthiq.com forward slash mind pump, you can get a free quote and take your own health IQ quiz. Then we talked about Justin's pending physical. He's about to get a physical because <laughs> let's get physical. He's going to fly physical. in a jet, and uh, we're teasing him because the doctor is going to put his finger up his butt. He is not. Then we talked about Adam's swimming again. <laughs> Justin's power training. Justin just wants to get powerful. I'm going to get powerful. I might be going keto with my diet. Um, we talked about chaga, the most prized medicinal mushroom in the mushroom kingdom. Chaga is an immunomodulator. If you take this supplement regularly, it helps modulate your immune system. So if you have autoimmune issue type stuff, if you have allergies, or if you have a low immune system, it balances things out. I love the way Chaga makes me feel. And the best maker of Chaga supplements is Four Sigmatic. If you go to Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com, forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump you'll get a discount for sigmatic then we talked about the diamond tycoon billionaire who had a penis tragedy he died oh. getting his penis enlarged man kind of sucks yeah then we talked about the, the irony ho the homeless four hundred thousand dollar scam those bastards we talked about the robot tank that the military is testing and then we talked about how my daughter has entered her first 5k i'm so excited then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question was, how do I escape the living for the weekend mindset when it comes to food? A lot of you are really good with your nutrition Monday through Friday, but then Saturday, Sunday come along and all hell breaks Wee, loose. I'm a weekend warrior. We give you some tips and tricks on how to avoid that binge uh, property that happens on the weekend. Next question. This is a personal trainer asking this question. They have a handful of clients who severely undereat in an attempt to lose weight, how can we help this person convince their clients that they need to eat more and build some muscle so they can get to their goals and be ha uh, healthier and happier? It's more fun. And the next question, what do we consider or define as being successful? How do you define success? What does it mean for us? And the final question, have we as personal trainers ever felt like we failed our clients Spoiler alert. Never. We failed a lot of them. Yeah, we did. Quite a bit. Also, this month, MAPS Aesthetic is 50% off, half off. 
Now, MAPS Aesthetic is one of our most popular MAPS fitness programs out there. It's a program designed to help you sculpt and shape your body with aesthetics as the number one goal. So if your main goal for working out is to look amazing. And like look, a specimen, Sal. That's right. Awesome. By the way, specimen in Italian, that means uh, astronaut. Specimen. Does it really? Anyway, MAPS Aesthetic, 50% off. Here's what you do. The more you know. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0 for your discount. By the way, we have other MAPS Fitness programs on that side as well that for different people and different goals and different types of experience, make sure you go check them out. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time! Oh, shit, boys. You know this is my favorite time of the week. <laughs> yes, indeed. You just woke him up. <laughs> All right. Our winners are this week. We had very few reviews because we were recording this episode early. For iTunes, we got KT Collins. And for Facebook, we have Johan Hupschman. Both of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Did you did you guys see that with I Michael Jackson? That. I heard. Did you guys hear? Did you hear that, Adam? No. Michael Jackson apparently. They're talking about closing down at uh, the, his his place. So uh, I don't know what well, the whole deal is. They're selling it. They've been selling it. So what's Never the whole made. deal? Was there a documentary that came out? Yeah, is there's that- a documentary, I guess, on HBO that just came out. So I'm going to have to watch it. About about people who he like molested and shit when they were kids. Fuck, I don't want to watch that. Why? I just, it's gross. You know, yeah, it I is terrible. I love his music. You know yeah, what? I don't want to look at so that So this says that. It's terrible. No. I, I have to feel the same way too. Th- this is actually a good topic. Have you guys ever heard of the halo effect? Huh. So the halo effect um, in psychology talks about how as humans, when we see somebody that's really good at something, we automatically assume that they're really good at everything or they're really good people. Like oh, if you see a businessman yeah. who's really, really smart at a particular aspect of business, you think that they're going to be good at all aspects of business or they're going to be good fathers or they're going to be good mothers or they're going to be good people. This is why celebrities have so much sway over us is because here we have a celebrity because they're famous for singing and, and, and performing like Michael Jackson incredibly talented performer. Yeah, one of the best of all time. And people don't want to un- know that this guy was a fucking creep. He was a he was a, a predator against children. It's hard to he- to hear that because your brain automatically assumes it's Michael Jackson. He's a good guy. When you hear some of these stories cuz I I heard some of them, you you can't believe some of these parents would even let like there was uh, one kid that he met and Michael Jackson became friends with this. He was like 10 years old, not even 6 years old or something like that. And the, the the he invited the mom over with the kids, and the mom left the kids with him, and he slept with them, and because he's Michael Jackson, she just trusted. Oh yeah, yeah, here you go, go spend the night in his in his room with him. You know what I mean? That's crazy. It's crazy, but it's something that it's it's important we talk about because uh, I also think it's even crazier that because someone of that that much fame, that big, that much power, that much money, how much of it too was covered up? Like you have a team, a of lot team. of it, mm-hmm. right? Like a that, lot of it was right. covered up. That's you. You got to know that it, you know whatever's leaked out. What goes through my head is like, wow, it's got to be ten x this because mm. you you don't you don't get that far in life. You don't have that many people surrounding you and protecting you. And, and that, that don't I can't help know about but, it. Yeah, I can't help but think of Bill Cosby, you know, and all that stuff too as well. It's like he, the the moral like you looked at him as like being a moral example, uh, you know, in that community, and like it comes out way later that. 
you know, all that, like just droves of women talking now, about. Like, did, now, did you guys feel, ever feel this way? As a kid, I, I I don't know where, why for me, but I've never looked at celebrities this way. I just, I've never looked at the, I, I, I actually see somebody and, and if I see just excellence in something, yeah. I automatically assume that they're way out of balance somewhere, somewhere. else. Yeah, just yeah, automatically. I, I automatically go, and that and that's not to take something away for them or be like, oh, just because he's a great actor or just because he's a great musician, I, I automatic, I'm hating and I think he's bad. No, it's just a fact. I mean, normally when you become so obsessive in an area, you 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 something else is out of balance. Something suffers. Yes, yeah, something. It's it's give and take, right? Yeah, that's true. And so when I when I see excellence, uh, I don't praise it. I'm like. And enamored by it, I think it's like, oh wow, that's really cool. He's super talented snowboarder. Oh, really cool. He's an incredible musician. But I don't like idolize them because I know for sure. I'm like, that's great. He's a great singer, but is he a great human? I don't know. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know enough about him to even think that. So, I, and I would assume that there's other areas that he's probably fucking. I up I get mm -hmm. so annoyed when I get lectured to by celebrities on TV or social media telling me. This is what we need to do to, you know, to, I like the, the, the ones that do the preaching about saving the environment get on my nerves the most because you see these celebrities talking about lowering your carbon footprint and do this, that. And then meanwhile, these people own homes that, and, and yachts and in private jets that produce more carbon, you know, have a larger carbon footprint than, you know, me and 5,000 of my friends. For, yeah, for a lifetime. And they'll sit there or they'll lecture <laughs> us about like, uh, there was this one commercial I saw for a while where they were talking about how we need to like, you know, ban guns or make sure nobody has guns. These motherfuckers are protected by armed security at all times. Yeah. So of course you can say that, <laughs> asshole. Like, yeah, easy for you to say. Yeah, who are you talking to, dude? What about the the, the dude, that, the, the single mom that lives in a bad neighborhood and, and she needs to, you know, want to feel safe because she goes grocery shopping at night because that's the only time and that's her freaking equalizer is to be able to have a gun. So anyway, that, that kind of stuff really gets on my nerves and it's, but it's something that we need to pay attention to because- we have all these celebrities telling us what to do, and us and people listening. Yeah. And most of these, most of these people are just like your. Look at let me put it this way: most of these people are idiots, like most people are. That's what I, you know. That the, the <laughs> oh, odds yeah. that they're, they're going to be still human idiot, beings. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly. And it. Don't you day. don't you feel like we 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 see this like in a microcosm of that is the social media world. Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, you have these people that reach a million or two million followers, and we call them social influencers. And we got all these kids that are following, liking, loving everything they're doing, doing whatever they tell them to do. Meanwhile, a lot of them are fucking terrible people, mm -hmm. terrible people, or just just not an authority in the space that they have created themselves as an authority. You see a lot of this, it's crazy. Man. But like with Michael Jackson, for example, per pretend he's not Michael Jackson for a second. Pretend he's some dude who radically changed the way he looks through all kinds of plastic surgery, who spoke very strangely when you'd hear him talk in person, who dressed the way he did, who had a big fucking mansion that he turned into a, a like a- like Theme a, park. Like a theme park for children, had weird pets, wouldn't let anybody in there, <laughs> was a grown man- You would never get away with that well, if you yeah. were anybody else. No, he's a yeah. grown man whose best friends are children. Right. Like he doesn't hang out with normal people, he just hangs out with kids. Uh, somebody would have blown the whistle a long time ago. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, I don't know. And it also makes me think like more into his childhood. Like what else happened? 
You right. know, like what? Right. Besides the abuse, like was there sexual abuse there right. too to, to turn him into that? Right, because yeah. like a lot of times, I mean, it doesn't happen every time, but a lot of times it stems from you know something like that that uh, carries on. I think it's actually a very high percentage. Actually, I, don't, I wonder yeah. if Doug can look that up. Like, what, if, if kids that are or people that sexually well, offend, what the percentage or likelihood is? Abuse. Well, R. Kelly's going through that right now. Like, yeah. there's the big thing around him. It's like, I mean, he was sexually abused, and all, and then now. You see this all playing out, you know, within his lifestyle. Oh, yeah. What's the state? What's the quote? Hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. You guys heard that before? Yeah, I have heard. Hurt that. people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that, and it makes it makes perfect sense. But it doesn't excuse your actions. So uh, I think everybody has their own personal responsibility. If you've been, I have empathy for you for what you might have gone through. But you hurt other people. You are responsible for that. It, you have no excuse. So at the end of the day. Anyway, did you guys see the, um, the Health IQ's got such a great website? Did you see what they did with their Health IQ by state? No. So they listed, and I, I was doing some a little bit of research. I wanted to see, you know, which are they competing states in terms of their oh, knowledge and literacy? Darn or it, I lost the site. I got to. Oh, here it is. So what they did is they show. So you know, on Health IQ, you can go on their website and you can take a Health IQ test. Mm-hmm. And it tastes it tests you on your fitness and nutrition knowledge, and they're decent questions, right? Um, I mean, I you know I consider myself a fitness expert, if you will. Or and we I, didn't ace it. So I didn't ace it. I did well, but yeah. I didn't ace it. And but I was pretty uh, impressed with the questions. And they actually use these these your your test score to determine what you get for life insurance. But what they did on their website is check this out. They did a median health IQ by state, and so what I did is I looked up the states by life expectancy to see if there was a correlation. See what I'm saying? Mm. So like, for example, California has a, a higher health IQ than like Texas or than Florida. Then when I go back and I look at the life expectancy, California's life, life expectancy is much higher than both Texas and Florida. California's at 80. And if I, if I scroll way down, I can find Texas at 78 and Florida is even, even lower than that. And I found that fascinating. And what they also did on the site is they showed that a lower health IQ correlates to higher medical costs. So like Tennessee, who had a very low health IQ of 134, you know, in comparison to like Hawaii or California or Washington, Washington's health IQ was, or Oregon was 164, right? Who's the highest? Uh, the highest score, I'm trying to, f- I think it might be, I think Oregon did the, uh, or ne- not Nevada, what's next to Nevada? What is that there? Oregon did really well at 164. But look, Tennessee, low health IQ score. Their Medicare uh, costs per capita, $3,900. The lowest cost was North Dakota at $1,400, and their health IQ was a full 20 points higher Hmm. than Tennessee's. How crazy is that that they're correlating and showing that, I mean, and this is like great data, because usually if you want to test whether or not somebody's going to be a good candidate for life insurance, you do all kinds of like measurements on their health, right? Like your blood tests and you know, f- you know, physical and all that stuff. These they're showing that someone's knowledge mm. about fitness and health that makes perfect it, sense, right? It does, but um, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, it makes a yeah, lot of sense. Nobody's really used that angle yet, too. It, it was interesting too. They said that study showed that uh, you know the average retiree will need two hundred eighty thousand just to pay for their medical expenses, but that number. Drop substantially, you know, the more you know in terms of, you know, your health and, and wellness. That's, it's crazy. Which, Cause it, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Save to, money. 
it's crazy to me that they're figuring out these other metrics. I wonder if the medical uh, community will start using something like this. You know what are, I mean? Are you guys ha- have you guys started seeing all the health IQ commercials? They're all over TV, popping now. up on TV. Oh, oh yeah, really? yeah. Crazy. No, they're making they're they're making some big moves. Yeah, no, it's all about health. They call it health literacy, and it's funny because this is kind of a market driven way of of figuring out someone's insurability. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the market might drive the the more regulated markets like like medicine like um like who knows maybe one day you go to the doctor and part of your physical is hey let's ask you some questions do you know what a carbohydrate is do you know what a protein is do you know what yeah. you know between these two foods which one's better what you know what kind of activity is this is it strength training or is it cardiovascular or whatever yeah i think that's freaking when's the last time you had a physical <sighs> i'm only asking cuz i got to go next week uh, before I do this big, you know, thing, this event that that's going on, and I'm like worried. I haven't been for like years. Can you dude. talk about what yeah, you're going to you, go? Can do? I talk about yeah, that? Yeah, sure you can. Yeah, so you're we, flying a jet, bro. Flying a jet, dude. <laughs> yes, with the Air Force. S16, like right? Is it F16 that you're in? I, I no, I don't know. It is. I, I don't yes. know what yes. it is. Yes. yes. Oh, let's see. That's the best kind. So he, so the guy that the Thunderbirds. Y- yeah. They contacted me and they said, "Hey, I wanted to see if one of you guys would like to come up and take a ride around on, on, on one of our jets." I thought it was fake. I'm like, no Sal, ch- <laughs> Sal chickened out, passed it off. Hell to no, uh-huh. man! I those things, the the G's that those things will pull. Oh man, it's insane. So at first I thought, "Oh shit, they want all three of us to go out." How am I going to chicken out of this one? <laughs> luckily, luckily he can only take one of us. Uh, I know. I was so, like, I was so bummed because I thought we were all going to do this as like a team, you know. And then yeah. it was just like it got more real because I was like, "Oh wow, it's just going to be me." Yeah. <laughs> are you now? Are you? You have to get a physical before you go up there. I have to get a physical and. It's like rigorous. Like they want to know everything, and I, of course, because like talk about if like my blood pressure is too high, like any any factor is gonna you know intensify substantially when you got <laughs> three G's. So on there's you. still hope for me. There's hope that you don't pass the physical. And so I get- there you go. I might pass it off to you, bro. <laughs> have, have Maybe you, you're more healthy than me. When uh, was the last time you had a physical? Well over ten years ago, I'm really? sure. Yeah. Well, at your age, bro, you know what a physical entails now, right? No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not allowing any finger <laughs> That's penetration. Finger in the butt, dude. You're gonna get a, <laughs> you're gonna get a digit. No. Yeah. No. No. no they not happening. They gotta test out your. Wall. I think it's worse if you try and fight it. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta relax, dude. I'll yeah. bring my own lube. I don't. Yeah, I don't trust them. No, dude, and they're not gentle about it, man. No, I'm I gonna t- find the the doctor with the smallest hands and be like, "You're you're you're my girl." You imagine fucking Shaquille yeah. O'Neal walks in and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your doctor for today. Ah! No, I, celebrity they, doctors. I, they, they're not gentle with that shit. Did I tell you about the time I got uh, the, the doctor put his finger on my ass? Did I tell you about that? No, you did not yeah, share dude, that story. I, like, did he bend I, you over? No, it was terrible, dude. I talk about. I it. ate. I, I was with, hanging out with some buddies, and I went on a binge and ate just terrible food. Like we had cereal and donuts, and it was just terrible. I just went nuts. I don't know what was wrong with me. Anyway, the next day, I just had the most painful poops of all time. And um, it just, anyway, it wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't good. So I thought something was wrong with me. And you guys know I'm paranoid. Yeah. So I go to the doctor and he's like, well, I can I can take a look and see what's going on. So I was like, oh, uh, what does that mean? He's like, oh, well, you know, lay on your side yeah. or whatever. Like, look in there real deep. Yeah. So yeah, roll you over. To, and it, the way they do it too, you got to roll over on your side. So uh, it's a really kind of compromising, uh, strange position. Like, mm-hmm. And it was just right in there. Yeah. And he's like, nope, you're fine. I was like, no, I'm not. 
<laughs> no, I'm not a scarred forever. Yeah, now I'm scarred forever. But anyway, I've never had it. Have you had that? I have. You I have see, I've, I, that's the thing. That's what I don't think I have to do because uh, a long time ago, like my blood pressure was through the roof and everything. This is before I had my adrenal gland removed, and so they 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 thought like you know maybe prostate like whatever. Like they had to like check everything, and so I've had that experience already. Yeah. Uh, this uh, yeah, this Middle Eastern guy with big ass fingers. You know? <laughs> no. I will never forget it. So I am not. Yeah, I'm gonna. You remember his face? (laughs) (laughs) I try not to. So both. So both of you guys already have that. Yeah, Yeah, it has happened. Adam's like never at the doctor, just you know at the parties. No, no. (laughs) Katrina, Katrina's tried a couple times. Oh my god! No, 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 no. no. Wait a minute. So okay, like the whole deal with Ben Greenfield in the race. Didn't this like if you lose, you gotta do the coffee enema? I put that on my story. Somebody was gonna hold you to that. So if you lose, you have to do the coffee in your butt yeah i told so i people were talking about ben and i like it's obviously since we've we've put it out there there's been people talking shit back and forth and on my q a's that i do which i think today i'll do one of those yeah. uh they at they asked me uh you know it's something about doing uh coffee enema before with ben i said mm-hmm. listen i have no desire to do that but if i if ben beats me in the pool i will i will shove coffee up my ass well yeah. you just learned something new right you're kind of telling us like what, what is it yeah so you know it's funny too did you guys see the the swimmers who came on the forum right after i talked about swimming right away no what oh, do they do you know how our forum is and, yeah you're yeah. you're talking about all the wrong things yes exactly yeah. right <laughs> you, but i'm uh, 14 years of swimming and i had two olympians and yeah. i yeah and i jerked off to michael phelps six yeah. times so oh <laughs> i sleep in yeah. water yes yeah, so okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing it wrong. You know, so because what I was trying to share with you guys about the legs thing, it, that was mind blowing for me. Well, that was one of the first like steps into uh, that I was reading for me to practice, and it, the the point of it, okay, wasn't that uh, don't use your legs. No legs are involved in swimming whatsoever. It was that I think the but I think most people that were to get in a pool and swim across the pool kick like crazy as hard as they can to get across the pool, and that's not the way you learn technique and. That was a the first mind blowing thing was holy shit! If I actually put more effort into not kicking my legs and reducing the drag and using all, I was moving much faster in the pool. So uh, that was the point of of me sharing that. And by the way, I, I shared that, and a ton of people have now been. I guess it, uh, the episode that uh, we talked about this has now inspired a ton of people to be swimming, and so I'm getting a lot of DMs. Uh, people asking my experience and what books I'm reading and I'm sharing all this stuff. And that was the first big thing that uh, I learned was that. And now the most recent thing is actually learning to generate the the power from my hips. And, uh, and, it's, and it was like this light bulb went off when I was reading it, like, duh, Adam. It's like a, a, a golfer or a baseball player that swings really hard with their arms. So first, they, they, the book is so like- So instead of using your knee extension and flexion. Or, or even my arms. Like your, arm, your, your hips actually are what pro- propel the whip of the mm. arm and everything, and it's supposed to drive from there. That's where the power comes from. Just mm. like in a baseball player. A baseball player goes to swing a bat, and you can muscle it with your arms all oh, day yeah. and connect. Pretty much all power in, in athletics yeah, derives from the hips. That's right, it. yeah, so the hips and the core. So the, the newest thing for me is to try and get that in sync together and get that rhythm down. And it's been a – man, it's been a, it's been a blast. I'm really uh, – yesterday, day before yesterday was my first 1,000-meter swim. Uh, which that's twenty laps, so that's that's quite a bit for me. I, uh, it took me a long time to work up. Are to you the, timing to see how fast you are? Not formally. I'm watching the clock. Okay. So it, it it's now it took me a thirty minutes to get a thousand meters in, 
and that's not I'm not like aggressively going. I I swim a hundred meter or I swim I swim a hundred meters right out the gates to start to kind of warm me up, and then I do kind of like these fifty meter sprints or fifty meter techniques where I'll for fifty meters I'll, I will work on a specific technique whether mm-hmm. that be breathing or the way my hand hits the water or the way I rotate or now with my hips or now here's a good question have you seen any carryover to the weights or any detriment because it's a different you know type of activity I'm wondering what you detriments I've seen okay what do you what kind of detriment well I mean I've just my core is really sore my back gets really sore right now and so that's hindering my weightlifting got it okay so but I think I've shared this before in the podcast my number one goal is swimming first and of course, I'm training to keep my physique the way I want to keep it as much as possible. But it's it's taking a back seat to swimming first. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times where I thought I was going to do deadlifts on Wednesday, and I was planning to do that. But then I swim a thousand meters, and now my back is really sore. And it's like, well, I probably don't need to be crushed deadlifts sure. after after that. And so that gets kind of okay. I'll just do some walking lunges today instead, sure, right? Sure. So. There's certain things like that that have now happened where I've I'm modifying my training to complement the swimming versus swimming is complementing my training because uh, I'm up to now uh, the last two weeks I've done four times in the week of swimming so I'm getting quite a bit of a, a sw- a swimming in right now. And Good deal. I'm, I know Justin, you said you're you're trying to be more powerful. I am. I know. I, I said that in the <laughs> meeting <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Personal he, goals. He meant it literally. Yeah. yeah. Like trying to, to you're doing power training. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. You, you got was, a complete team laugh out of that I one know, too. I know. Every, I, was, I was actually knew that was going to happen, so I delivered it that way. But like, yeah, I I've been doing a lot of power like specific training, so cleans clean and jerks uh been grabbing the um uh, the sledgehammer and like striking the tires with it again and i'm actually like trying to rig up some cool things around my house to really express that accelerated speed and and power and, and generating maximal uh force uh and this this is stuff i've always loved i just love that kind of training and uh just getting back into it it, it feels fucking good like i it I don't know. I know a lot of people like to look physically awesome and cut and diced and all these kinds of things. For me, it's always been about like, oh my god, I could I could fuck some shit up right now. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Where's the tires that you're hitting with the sledgehammer? So I actually buried one in oh, my backyard. Did. Yeah, buried half of it. And so my next move is is uh, and it's great because my one of my best friends from childhood owns a tire shop. So I'm always like. Hey man, can you throw me like uh you know one of those in, in your lot? And he's like, yeah, totally. So um, I got one tire buried, and he's gonna get another one for me. I'm gonna chain it around a tree, and then I'm gonna use it to kind of strike the tree instead of chopping a tree down. I'm gonna basically emulate that to, so I could get some side chops. Um, so, but anyway, just kind of my own rig. It uh, gets me outside, gets me physical. Like I just enjoy that kind of shit. How, so here's how do you organize what movements you're going to do because they're all power movements right are, are these full are these workouts all power based um or are you doing like power and then doing some like yeah curls and shit like that well yeah no to be honest it's mainly power specific moves with mobility type uh in rotational kind of reinforcing type moves in between mm-hmm. so i i still keep up my my shoulder rotational moves with clubs and with uh, mace bell and uh, and then I also still like 
I do a lot of mobility type workouts like on the off days. And, but, but to be honest, like I'll spend an hour where I'm deliberately resting a minute, two minutes, three minutes in between, depending on how vigorous Mm. I go. And I'm starting to slow since January, I'm starting to slowly ramp up the load. So my power cleans are getting heavier and uh, my snap is still there. So that's all coming back, but I haven't, I've been really hesitant to, to add a lot of load, uh, that's why I haven't really, again, this is Instagram, right? Like you don't want to post all these, like, cause I, I, I follow people that just do ridiculous amount of weight. So it's always like crushing to like post something that's like, you know, like 135 pounds or something. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm going through the skill. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh yeah, boring. Look at the bar speed. Look at the bar speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. how tight my path is. You know, yeah. like, nobody gives a shit. No, I, I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more power. Not nothing like what you're doing, but I, I have the sled now at home. Um, and so I'm trying to practice doing just power sprints with it. And as it warm, it's been raining like crazy. As soon as it calms down with the raining, right? I want to start doing some some, some hill sprints and, and stuff like that to get more power. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and I'm eating I'm eating in a way that's not going to benefit that. I actually started uh, to go keto a little bit with my diet. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. And Even after that awesome blog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, That's you know, great. I, lo- I love that about you. Yeah, you know what it honest. is? You, you got to know how to use these things. And I'm yeah. definitely not going to, you know, be keto forever. And I'm not going to do the whole rebound craziness. I'm doing it mainly because I haven't done it for a while. And I think it's important every once in a while, if you get to a particular point with nutrition, to change things up and identify how your body reacts, responds, and how you feel. And it always changes my perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I go keto for a few months, it'll probably change my perspective on food again. Just like when I went off keto a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know, change my perspective. So I'm going to do that for a little while and I'll, get, I'll keep you guys up to date on, on what I notice. I, right already, I can tell a little bit loss of, uh, of strength, but I don't know if it's, uh, I don't think I'm in ketosis yet. I think it's just from the reduced calories. I was going to say, are you, so you're going to be reducing calories. You're not increasing calories right now. I'm trying to keep them relatively high, but I always find it hard to do that when I go keto because it kills my appetite. Yeah, interesting that you're choosing to do that at the same time you're also choosing to do sprints and power stuff. I know. Yeah. I know. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Very counterproductive. Yeah, I realized that as I was saying it. Like, I'm doing more power, too, and I'm going to eat in a way to yeah, make it I'm impossible. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> just, just love adversity, yeah. right? That's a... I like doing power work when I don't have power. You well, know you know, to, to, <laughs> to touch on that, though, a bit is... It's okay when it's okay that your power drops, right? It's like it's not a big. It's a. It's you a, can still train your power, right? right. It's an yeah. okay experiment That's for right. someone like you who's not a competitive athlete who isn't going to go to an event. Like it would be a very stupid idea, and I'd be telling you you're stupid if you were going to go compete, right? And and be trying to win against someone yeah, else yeah, like, yeah. and and restrict carbs. It's like why would you do that? No. But there's nothing wrong with that if you're somebody who's in pursuit of overall health. Yeah. No, and that's your main. What pursuit. I like about here's what I like most about going on a keto diet for me is that. And this usually happens the first month or two or three months into it is uh, I get real sharp mentally. And that's the part that I, and I want to see if I notice that again, because in the past it was really helping my gut health. And uh, I want to see, my gut health has been fine now, whether I eat carbs or not. Mm -hmm. So I want to see if I still experience that mental sharpening um, that I had before. Because it was fun. It's a fun experience, you know, to kind of go through. Dude, you're you're telling me that I should check out like i should include more chaga and you're talking about immunomodulation yes can you explain that to me more because okay. i was like trying to explain it yeah that's a good question so and you know i wonder does chaga grow in california forest too doug maybe look that up 
<coughs> so excuse me, chaga is a mushroom that grows on certain types of trees. I don't know which one, but anyway, it's a one of the most prized medicinal mushrooms uh, that's out there. I know that in Chinese medicine, it's used um, to kill viruses. It's anti-cancer. In fact, there's a lot of studies done on chaga for its anti-cancer effects. Hmm. Here's why I like chaga uh, the most. Um, it's immunomodulating effects. Now, what does immunomodulating yeah, what does that mean? mean? Immunomodulating means it, t- it, it helps an out-of-balance immune system become more balanced. So if you have a depressed immune system uh, because you're fatigued, you're tired, you're not getting good sleep, um, it will boost your immune system. If you have an overactive immune system, like someone might have with like allergies or maybe even autoimmune type issues, chaga helps bring that back down. Mm. And so that's what really fascinates me about chaga because so many people's chronic issues today are have to do with their their immune systems. These chronic health issues like uh, acid reflux or you know skin issues or I just feel super fatigued, not realizing it's kind of a mild uh, immune issue that's going on, whether it's due to their, their food intake or they have inflammatory issues, whatever. Chaga is one of those things that kind of brings it down. So I notice when I take chaga, I get um, I feel more balanced. I just feel good. I feel better. But it takes me about five days of consistent use. So I started doing that with the the four sigmatic, uh, you know, chaga. Was it the the coffee or how do they? Uh... No, it's just the regular chaga, and it's a little green pack. Okay. And what I do is I warm up some. If I want it to taste better, I warm up some uh, almond milk, uh-huh. and I'll mix it in there. Or you know, sometimes I'm gangster. I just Pour it right in my face. I'm trying. I'm going to try to, you know, like, I know, like, it's not the best flavor, like some of these, but like, for those purposes, like, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. Well, it grows in wild birch trees uh, or or in birch forests. I don't, there's not, there's no birch trees where you, where you live, right, Justin? No. Yeah, so you're not no, going to find Redwoods primarily. Well, yeah. Tell me what the chocolate does. They're dark chocolate. You know? I know, right? I'm, I'm eating the fuck out of I that. I had that. that they sold out. <laughs> sold out. I'm eating the what? fuck out of that. Tell me It's yeah. still on the website, though. No, it's sold out, dude. Really? I mean, I, I mean, I'm th- I still offer it, but I think they're out of stock. Damn. Yeah. It's for, so good. I know, but again, it, it looks <laughs> so, like... Yeah, yeah tell, me, tell me Well, tell me what fucking, the benefits are. The, the two children over here are like, ah! It's dark chocolate, it's low in calorie, and it's got all these medicinal mushrooms, and... When we talked about it first, I must have gotten 15 DMs from people who are like, chocolate? Yeah. It's healthy? I want it. <laughs> yeah. you know? See, there's more people that are in, on the same boat here in the same boat as I am. Well, no yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Hey, I got some uh, Justin news for you guys, right? So Justin likes to bring these types of things, and this came across Oh yes. This came across my desk, right? So What is it? This, uh, this uh, Jewish ty- diamond tycoon uh, dies yesterday at uh, 65 years old. You want to know what he, di- what he died from? He died in a, uh, he was 65, oh, 65, was the owner of Omega Diamonds and worked in the industry for over 40 years. So he sells di- diamonds and is just a super rich dude. Right. Yeah. So he, he, he said, yeah, tycoon, dies in a penis enlargement operation. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a way to go, huh? Oh, That's no. embarrassing. Oh, no. 65, going to get a penis enlargement. You know what? And, it, here's what dang. I would, if I was that rich and I was going to go get a penis You don't need a big dick if you're yeah, that rich. like who are you trying to improve? Impress. Uh, Show them your big rock instead. Yeah, <laughs> you got big diamonds. I, was, I, was, I thought you almost said something. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, here's the thing. He obviously, if, didn't have one. If so. I was that, <laughs> if I was that rich and I was going to get surgery to enlarge my penis, I would do something with my lawyers. Where if I died, the news that would come out would be different because that's a terrible way. Yeah, that's what everyone knows. <laughs> you know? How did Fred die? Uh, <laughs> 
penis. He had a, not only did you yeah. die from having a weird surgery, but you died and everybody knows you had a small one at the same time. Yeah. You could get the doctors to like, you know, make something else up. You know, in the, in the document ahead yeah. of time. I, like, I know oh, it's so I, bad to laugh at someone dying, but a guy oh, that, cra- that cracked me up when I saw it. Well, him. that's like that. What's the the guy that was in the Kung Fu show? Uh, you remember David Carradine? Yeah, like the oh, way he went out. Heart. It's like no, like he was in some freaky shit. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, yeah. that's right. He hung himself, right? He, he was, yeah. well, he didn't hang himself. Not intentional. No, right. He was just he was just having a good time, I guess. Yeah, and choking himself. I get well choking himself both ways. Wow, the double choke move. Yeah, so another embarrassing way to die. I'm I'm coming with all the crazy news today. I had another one that came across that I guess this was happening in 2017. I'm late to the party for those that have already that knew about this story i didn't know about the story and i had to share it with you guys there and I, I think it's because the charges just came down this last week is why it got resurfaced in 2017 it was when the scam hit they were they were working through the courts for 2018 i think the the charges just came through the couple that did the gofundme account and fucking did a bamboo oh, for the homeless guy yes i saw that they so this so they they end up so what they do is they they fabricate this story and they they find a homeless guy and they they actually go in cahoots. Right? Did you hear what the story was? Yeah. So the the story was that she had ran out of gas and she was out in some you know rural area that was kind of scary, right? And this guy, uh, this homeless guy, saw her and she didn't have anything. He said, "I'll go get you gas." He went and he told her, "Stay in your car, lock your car, stay safe." I went and he hiked to the nearest gas station used his last $20 to get her gas, get a, a gas can and fill it up and then fill her car up. So this is the story. And so then she decides that she wants to pay him back the best that she can. And she claims that they don't have a lot of money too. And they they put this story together. They put it on GoFundMe and it ends up raising $400,000 for this guy. Holy shit. And the way it all comes undone was they had agreed upon this like three-way partnership because they were all in on it, huh? Yeah, cuz they were all in on it and they cut him out on a lot of the a lot of the profits and then I think he was the whistleblower on it and then it all came on came on. Isn't that crazy? Dude. Oh, I wonder how many people are doing that. Yeah, right. How many scammers? Sites? Like how many of those how many of those things get away? How many people get away with stuff like that? I hear about it all the time. I mean, like, seriously, like, firsthand experience, I remember, like, especially during the holidays, you'll see people, like, out kind of begging for help and stuff under the overpass, and there was this guy that uh, looked very disheveled, like, old clothes, like, the whole the whole deal, like, felt really bad. Like, I think I even gave him money at one time, and he was there, like, consistently. And then I actually saw, I went to get a, a, a drink at Starbucks, and I saw this same guy go into the bathroom, come out, Dressed in a suit, get in a Mercedes car and drive off. What the fuck? For reals? For reals. Like, Dude, literally saw it and I was like, oh my God, I was like so pissed. So, what, here's what annoys me most about that. It's not that he lied to you because that's kind of annoying yeah, too. It hurts, it hurts everybody else. He hurt, like, like these people that you're talking about, Adam. Like, it hurts all the people who use GoFundMe as a way to help them. Like, they it's actually like an need extra, the help. It's like an extra form of evil. You know, it's like you're, you're fucking people that really need help mm-hmm. by doing, like, you're like a special kind of asshole. Well, that's uh, kind of, I mean, it's real similar to what we just saw with that Jesse Smollett guy or whatever. Very name. similar. Yep, exactly. It's like, you know, there's, real, there's still really hate, there's hate crimes that are happening across this country, but because of this jackass that does something like that, you now have fucked it. Now you can't help it. Just human nature. Now, when another story like that, you're that's, gonna second guess it, right? You know what that story tells me it's about? Really the, sad about this country. What? 
that there's a high demand for racism and a very low supply. The, yeah. the guy had to go out and pay people to act racist towards him. He couldn't find it. He couldn't, cre- he couldn't create the story. He had to invent it, which to me, is, it tells us a lot, and it tells me that it still exists in this country. When it happens, it's fucking terrible. Mm. Uh, but uh, we're actually a pretty good place to be for most people. Right. You mm-hmm. know? Anyway, did you see the other uh, article that uh, Jackie sent over about the robot tank? No. Dude, the military uh, is testing a AI-powered tank. Yeah. And it ha- well, and it looks like it has I one of those fully automatic guns on the top. So it's it, it's basically it looks like a little mini drone tank. I kind of assume we had that already. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I mean, we. I would think that uh, drone planes would be hot, harder to to build than a tank. Right, but this is a lot more personal. It's like driving right up and brrr, like mowing you know people down. Dude, that's gonna be cr- now. What they're what they're there's gonna be a human element to them. They're saying to help control what's going on. But how long like do you guys? Operator. How long do you guys think? It's the future, bro. Bef- yeah. Before they, they're, they're just War, wars are going to be autonomous. Wars are going to be settled like video games. Yeah, it'll be like a country will call you out, and it'll be like Fortnite versus you know the oh the champion, <laughs> yeah, the champion Fortnite. Yeah, from China. it'll be all human collateral damage, you know, because we'll get in the way of all these fucking. Machines I hope. Not, I hope we evolve enough to say that we we have like a ground, like we go somewhere out in the desert, right? And it's just like, okay, no nukes. There's rules. There's rules to this war. Yeah. Go to town, you bro. Well, that? they're recreating all these new ethics around it because it's like, yeah, they're just going to keep coming out with machines and AI, and you know, like it's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to like control and manage all this? It just gets it gets worse. It just it keeps getting worse. It's not. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll get better if we ever get evolved to the point where we do that, Adam. Then we'll evolve to the point where we don't have war. Which is what I, I what's what I think will happen is that war will get so dangerous for everybody that people will stop. Doing it for fear. Well, aren't we kind of there already with nukes? Yeah, that's what I mean. This is why you don't see countries who are nuclear powers go full out war against each other. They just don't. Well, yeah, wasn't there like like real heated uh, between like India and Pakistan just recently? If, they were, dude. If India and Pakistan didn't have nukes, they would have gone full war. By yeah, now. it would have happened. This, if the Soviet Union and the U.S. didn't have nukes, we would have gone to full war with them. What kept us from doing that? Because we, we did we did a lot of proxy wars where we would fund these guys and they would fund this guy and we'd let them fight it out. But we didn't like directly go against each other because of the fear of mutual destruction. Yeah. It's like imagine getting in a fight no, with nobody someone. Nobody wins. Yeah, yeah, imagine getting in a fight with someone and knowing for sure we're both going to die. Right. Like there's no there's no winning. So that's my only hope, but with drones and machines that kind of gives them the false sense of like, oh, we're not really hurting, you know, no one's going to die, yeah. no so I think it makes it worse, It definitely man. concerns me. Yeah, and how do you turn off the killing machines? Haven't they seen the Terminator? I know. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Like, it's all there. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. Anyway, here's some good news. Here's some fun stuff. So my daughter signed up for uh, a 5K. Oh, yeah? Wow. Yeah. Where is she going to do that at? Well, so at her school, they have like a girls on the run. Is this, it. is this like a donate thing? Is this a charity or Probably. to try and raise, raise funds? Probably. Um, but they now they meet and they go running uh, you know, after school. And I think it's so it's so cool. It's so That's cute great. that my do, little daughter's in Do your guys' kids' school do I know I know, Sal, you got them in private school, right? Do they, uh, my good friend or Katrina's good friend, Christina, they they have this, it's so cool. Her kid right now is doing like one of those walkathon things or whatever. Yeah. And they do like a full-on production video to get you to donate to their kid, and it's all it's all web-driven, right? So I get this like email, and it's a it's a it's a like a Hollywood production type of video, mm-hmm. but they use like green screen type technology to pull 
uh, somebody else's face and put the kid's face in there, so he's part of the movie. Uh, have you guys seen this? I've seen, I've seen this seen before. It. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. really it's like so the the one this and every year it's something different. This year they have like a Back to the Future theme, and like a, a Doc Holiday type of guy comes skidding in, and he like pulls up the newspaper and he's just like, "We're looking for this kid," and it's yeah. it's him, right? Yeah. It's it's her son, and it's it's done really well. It's like it's really clever way, and then it's like at the very end of the video, it's like click here to donate, save the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Yeah, you can't help but not want to click. Bro, it. you're just, getting very crafty. You just wait for all the freaking fundraisers. <laughs> you just oh wait till your it's fundraisers cool. and the apps of like paying attention to your kid and what they're doing like oh, real dude. time. Oh, it's funny. They, they it's have all the, there. They have ones where you'll buy like gift cards for like gas or shopping or whatever, and they've set up deals with these businesses to where they'll match it or whatever. So the school actually gets money. So if I like buy gas from Chevron, for example, I could buy these gas tickets from the school, and the school gets money from Chevron for selling them to me. Yeah, it's kind of smart. Oh yeah, that and all the Amazon links you go through, so it pays the school. It's great. Yeah, it's really really smart. I appreciate that kind of stuff. But you just wait. It's amazing how you when you leave us alone, how we figure things out to raise money. Isn't that funny? Weird. It's it's amazing how that works. (laughs) We're pretty smart humans. We can do things. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Sarah Haney. How do I escape the living for the weekend mindset when it comes to food? I do enjoy eating healthy, but obsess all week about what I get to eat on the weekend. How can I find more balance? This is a cool question, and uh, we we haven't had the opportunity, or I haven't had the opportunity to share this shift for me personally. Like this was, we talk about on the show a lot about paradigm shattering moments, right? Or moments where we just like aha, or completely changed our our, our fitness, or changed my physique. This aha moment or this like shift for me was the game changer. And when I started to realize that if I put more effort into my diet and my training on the weekend, it made getting to whatever, whatever my fitness pursuit at that time was a million times easier. And this still, this rule still applies. Like if I work out on Sunday, day before heading into the week, right? It sets the tone for my whole week. It really does. And if I make sure I get up on Saturday morning and I go get a workout in or I start my day off right with some physical activity, it sets the tone for the weekend and then the rest of the week. And before that, I used to live by the other rule, exactly like this girl saying right here is, I was a trainer, I was dialed Monday through Friday. I mean, I was weighing and measuring my food, I trained my ass off, and then the weekends, it was I lived for the weekends. It was I'm going out on Saturday night or Friday night, dancing and drinking and having a good time. On football Sunday, I'm having some pizza and a beer, and my thought process on that was, you know, I, I was so dialed during the week that I was allowed to get away with this. And you know what? I was a, a, a decently fit person my whole fitness career with that mentality. But it also was a difference between me going to the next level. When I really wanted the next level of fitness, when I wanted to get shredded or really change my physique, this this whole idea had to change. And when I started to put all of my focus on and my, my restricting and my discipline on the weekend, 
it made it because it was it's really easy during the week for me mm-hmm. to, to not fuck up it's really easy to say no to going out for drinks on monday night mm-hmm. it's really easy to not go get a cheeseburger or have pizza when my meals are all prepared for me throughout the day and so this was uh one of the biggest game plus i also remember uh and we have shared this when I had the body bug, no, I was going to talk about that. And when I was tracking, I realized that during the week, I, my body was burning. And this is a guesstimation; it doesn't matter the exact number, but it was saying that it was burning forty five hundred to five thousand calories every day, Monday through Friday. And that was also when I was eating the best. But then come Saturday and Sunday, that would like like a cliff. Now all of a sudden, it was twenty five hundred calories yeah. I was burning. And so if that was also the days that I was fucking up. Then I was actually doing enough, you know, quote unquote, damage to to stifle my progress and to kind of keep me at that level. And if I wanted to push through that, then I, that something had to change. And so when I coach now and I tell people this or I share this with them, I always make sure they 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 understand their goal and and what, be very realistic about it. Hey. If you're a college kid and and you care about socializing and going out on a Saturday night and and that's why you train so well and you eat well all week long, then who am I to say that you can't do that? Sure, you can do that and you can maintain a, a pretty healthy balance and a pretty good physique. But if you're coming to me as a client and you're saying, Adam, I want to look like the cover of this magazine or I'm just stuck at this plateau, I can't break it. But then you're also telling me, you kind of don't really do, you don't really stay on course on Saturday and Sunday. That's the first place I go. Yeah, it's funny like you brought that up. I was totally thinking that the whole time, the biggest uh, impact in, in from that body bug experiment we did in, in competition-wise, that's a common, very, very common thing amongst all of my clients is that, you know, that that's the mentality is, yes, it's the weekend, and so it's the pizza Friday night with the family or it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the added amount of calories that we're piling on, on top of the inactive moments during the week, uh, which, which really was where it, it accelerated, it added up. And, um, you like the, it didn't really like calculate as to, uh, you know, how, how much that was like keeping their progress, uh, really, really stifled. It, it just kept them sort of from, from moving forward. And just those, those little things, like just thinking about, uh, just standing up more and being more active, not just like plopping on the couch was, was game changer for a lot of them just to realize that. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a couple things here. First off, there's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself on any day. Remember that weekend day is a day just like any other day. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're all arbitrarily named days. And of course we work during the week typically and all that stuff and schedules change, but it's a day like any other. And this, this person here isn't talking about, um, Hey, on the weekends, every once in a while, like what, what it sounds like it's going, coming through is the on the wagon, off the wagon mentality that happens to some people where, during the week, they restrict only to allow themselves to binge on the weekend. That's the thing that you need to that you need to visit. You, the way you find more balance in this is not in restricting yourself on the weekends. It's in allowing yourself to be a little looser during the week. Absolutely, and not have that 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 binge. You're hyping it up too much. That's yeah. the exact thing that I. Someone who struggles with this, the what I allow them to do is this. Tell me what it is that you're enjoying on the weekend. Oh, it's a pizza. Oh, it's a burger. Oh, it's a glass of wine. Great. I actually want you when you somewhere between Monday and Friday, you're now allowed to have that. 
I would allow them to have that during the week, but let's tighten your weekends up. Let's be more strict on the weekends. If you really want those things, I don't want to tell you you can't have them. You can. Let's just try and schedule them on different days. What ends up magically happening is because they're so dialed normally during the week, they go, oh, I don't really feel like Dude, this is Dude, this is, mm-hmm. it's all about that mentality the because psychology, like what said. ends up happening with a lot of clients in this situation who live for the weekend, and, and I mean, think about that for a second. When I say that statement, live for the weekend, you can picture the feeling of during the week. Okay, I'm going to eat this chicken Whoa. breast and rice. I'm going to eat this broccoli. Okay, I'm going to do this thing. It's okay because Saturday's coming, so I'm going to be strict. I'm going to be strict. And it's this restricted, restricted feeling. Then when the weekend comes, of course, you're going to open the floodgates and you're going to go over. And what ends up happening is it's not that people enjoy themselves on the weekend. That's not the right That's not the right word. Uh, you're not enjoying yourself. The reality is a lot of these people overfeed themselves and feel shitty. Yeah. When, you, when you're with- Overindulge. When you see people who do this- You'll see them eat on a weekend, and then they'll eat so much that they're uncomfortable, yeah. or they'll eat so much that they don't feel good anymore. That is, that's an over uh, overreaction to the restriction. That's an that's like the pendulum swung in one way, and they swing it fucking hard in the opposite way. Because truly enjoy. Here's the thing: truly enjoying yourself when it comes to food is not eating until you can't breathe anymore. It's not eating until you feel sick. That's not enjoying yourself. That's just trying to stuff as much. That's trying to make up well, for restriction as much as possible. Yeah, it's interesting is it reminds me of, you know, these nine to five jobs and this work week kind of schedule or people like really like loathe their job. Like they're there, but they're just doing time until, you know, Friday night comes around and now it's like, oh, let's let our hair out and fucking party, you know, like let's go all in. And then you start all over the yeah. cycle all over again. And I mean, that's a tough way to live. Like it is, it's, it's, it's tough to not, you know, really recognize things that you enjoy during the week and, and you're a part of it. And like, so in terms of fitness and, 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 and working out, like you got to find those things you really enjoy in terms of food, you got to find those, those healthy things that you really enjoy and just like, like, like enjoy the process of it more. This is, this is actually very, very common, very common. I mean, one, I was definitely somebody stuck here for a really long time. And I actually started to shift the way I coach because of this. And when it was that when that moment or that light bulb went off for me, and I realized that I was one of these people too, and I started realizing, wow, if I just put all of my energy and focus on on mastering Saturday and Sunday, it was actually really easy. And Monday through Friday kind of fell in line. And so that's kind of how I coach to people on this. I'm like, hey, instead of like restricting so hard, you know, Monday through Friday and then letting your hair down on Saturday and Sunday. Actually, I would like you just give me two days of being dialed Saturday and Sunday. Give me Saturday and Sunday. And then throughout the week, if you feel like you want a burger or you feel like you want a glass of wine and you really want it, mm-hmm. then have it. And it blows my Because what ends up happening on the weekend- Well, it's because they don't go to work. Yes. They don't have the same schedule. Yes. They're sitting around. Yes. So yeah. that's when you probably need more- You need more, more structure. Parameters. You need yeah. more structure totally. when there's less structure in your day. When well, you have a day where you could sleep in till 11 yep. and you could order food in and you could end up watching TV all day long- those days are going to kill you in comparison to a day where you worked all day long and you got to the gym that day, you were act, and then you, you decided to have a burger or a glass of wine that day. Shit, that ain't going to do that much damage to yeah. you. It's the binge mentality that gets you. Yeah, think about it this way. Um, who, If we have two individuals, one person lives in a modern society, works a desk job in front of a computer, the other person lives in a rural part of the country, has to chop their own wood for for fire, has to go get their own water from a creek or whatever. Which of those people should put in or will will benefit more from having practices to ensure activity? The person who's 
chopping wood and shit to get themselves warm, or the person who sits at a desk all day long. Okay, The person who needs the practices is the one whose life just doesn't lend itself well to activity. The days that tend to lend themselves poorly to just eating whatever I want tend to be weekends because we don't have that structure. And so what Adam's saying is 100% correct. The key to getting out of this is not to become stricter on the weekend per se, but rather loosen up a little bit during the week and just put some practices on the weekend. That's all. That's how you balance yourself out. Because otherwise what's going to end up happening is if you continue to restrict yourself as hard as you have been during the week and now you just add the weekends on top of it, instead of having the binge on the weekends, you'll have the binge as soon as you finish with that restriction. And whatever dramatic, hardcore, restricted fashion you were living before, you can have an equal but opposite reaction the other direction. Just like when we have competitors who do a 12-week prep for a show, the binge that they do is just, it's insane and astronomical. It's, it's literally an example of what we're talking about. Next question is from Bri Alanigwe. <clears throat> I have a handful of clients, usually women, who severely undereat in an attempt to lose weight. I try and explain that they need to eat more to support their training, but they see it as counterproductive. How can I explain to them that they'll have better progress if they actually eat more? As a trainer, the number one job that you have, that's the one skill that will benefit you more than any other skill is your ability to communicate. And, and here's an example of, uh, of why. If, if you do a good job selling why this person needs to eat more food, they will eat more food. They're just afraid. They haven't bought in yet. And so the things that I like to explain to people is just how the body adapts, how the body adapts to both exercise and how it adapts to food. And so I, what I like to do and the way I like to explain things, I like to use analogies. And analogies are quite effective at getting people to understand your point because it takes them away from the subject that they're having difficulty understanding and it places it in a different context. Unless it's ramp water. And it's, unless you're using Justin's analogy of ramp water. <laughs> yeah. um, if, you, if you use an analogy, oftentimes people kind of get what you're talking about. So what I like to use in this case is I like to uh, create a scenario where let's just imagine you have a, an, a, a super advanced AI car, okay? It just, it's brand new. It's super advanced. Rhymes and, with, with Schmessler. And, <laughs> and this car adapts according to the demands that you place upon it to make itself better at what you're asking it to do. So if, if I take this car and every day when I get in, I turn it on, I drive it as fast as I fucking can from my house to a mile away, the way the car will adapt is it'll probably not worry so much about gas mileage because I'm only driving a mile and I'm going as fast as possible. It's going to make a big, powerful, fast engine. Now, on the flip side, if I'm driving a car and I'm driving it slow and I'm going long distance and I'm trying to push how far I can go, the car will adapt by shrinking its engine down. Maybe it'll go down to one cylinder or whatever, use very, very little gas, but it won't go very fast because that's what I'm asking my car to do. Your body is very similar. If you feed your body very little and you do lots of cardio your body will learn how to become very efficient with calories and it's going to make it very, very difficult to get, for you to get lean and stay lean with a small engine per se. This individual, if you, what you need to explain to them is, look, we need to build muscle and build strength and we need to feed that process. If we feed that process and if we send this, the stimulus that tells your body to have more muscle, which is strength training, you will get a faster metabolism. And Mrs. Johnson wouldn't you rather burn 200 to 300 more calories a day just being alive than having to get on cardio to make that happen every single day? And I guarantee that person's going to look at you and say, 
Fuck yeah, absolutely. I think I'll do that. <laughs> this is this is a hard one. I I actually think that I mean I agree with Sal, but I also I, I disagree that it's just an easy communication thing because I think I'm a really good communicator. And if there's anything that I've had, I mean, I just read a text the other day about somebody who's trained with me a million times. They've been competitive before, and I still find myself having this conversation. I think I think it does. Uh, it, it it is tough for people to to understand because it does seem counterproductive, right? And it only seems counterproductive because of the bullshit we've been fed for so many years. We've been told for so long that if you want to lose weight, move more, eat less, and it, that's just that's only half of the story. That's the and I think that's why we came out on that on on those types of statements early on and try to dispel them. That okay, sure, there's some truth to that. That if you eat more. I mean, if you eat less and move more, you're going to lose weight. But you also have to explain to them that, okay, listen, if wherever we're at, and they have to know that, like if you're at X amount of calories right now, it's inevitable that if I restrict your calories, move more, you're going to see a little bit of weight loss. But sooner or later, the body then adapts to that. And then we have to do that again. And I always like to, to explain to them like how that, so that typically happens every two to four weeks. So if you've got somebody who's already moving like crazy and they're only eating 1500 calories and they want to lose 30 pounds, it's not very realistic. And eventually what's going to happen is they're going to be down to seven or 900 calories. And then you can look back at the client and say, is that something you think you would want to sustain for the rest of your life? And you don't know, it's a rhetorical question. You don't get an answer. I know you don't want to do that. So what I want to do is I want to slowly build your metabolism up to where you're eating so much that you look back at me and you go, Adam, I don't want to eat any more food. I'm eating so much food. I'm like, awesome. Now it's time for us to go the other direction and start to restrict calories from you. And then hopefully what ends up happening is I can restrict calories from you. And now that we've built up this metabolism, your body is burning more calories more efficiently. You're losing the weight and you're also satisfied food wise. So I think that you just, you like Sal saying, you got to paint this picture for this client. But you got to, you can't stop you have to keep yeah, painting exactly it's that's enough. what i mean by effective communicating it's an it's a it's a constant there was never a day that i would train a client or work with a client that i wasn't trying to solidify the things that we had talked about and by the way once they start to see this working once they start to feel it working you don't have to sell it as much anymore like uh-huh. once you get a client to and you got to point these things out by the way like i'll take a client i'll be like okay you know, they'll tell me, oh, you know, I've only lost like two pounds in the last six weeks. I'll be like, yeah, but let's look at your food intake. You're eating 300 more calories a day and you still lost two more pounds. You have a much faster metabolism. Once I show them that and explain that to them, the looks on their face is like, oh shit, you're right. This is going to make it a lot easier. Look, here's the thing. how It's so hard to burn calories manually and it's so easy to eat calories. It only makes sense to try to get a faster metabolism in a in the context of modern life where we don't move much. So we talk all about all the time about moving more, but let's be honest. Even if you get 15,000 steps a day, you're not moving that much. Modern life is just fucking sedentary. And not only that, but there's food everywhere and it tastes good and it can have, you can get it whenever you want and get whatever you want. It only makes sense to speed up your metabolism. So you as a trainer, you need to explain this to your client because if your client wants to succeed, but they also want to succeed in a permanent way, the best way for them to do that is to find a way to get their metabolism to speed up. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult. Otherwise, they're going to have to constantly worry about how they could structure extreme amounts of activity in their life and how they can restrict their food intake 
to really low calories forever when food is everywhere. It's yeah. very difficult. You know, to, more to your point, Sal, you as a trainer, you need to really understand adaptation. You really need to understand that. And so, because uh, Sal used an analogy with the car that I've never used in my entire life, but I didn't need to because I have other ways to, to explain that to my client. So if you're struggling getting through to your client, then maybe you need to continue to expand your knowledge on that with understanding adaptation, understanding the importance of like reverse dieting. Uh, Lane has a great guide on this. Uh, get on his stuff uh, and check out his his reverse dieting. Like, there's a lot of really good information for a trainer in there on the on how you should take a client through this process. So, I highly recommend that you just continue to push your education in this because you're ne- this isn't going to stop. You're always that is always the number one thing that I have to overcome with one of my clients that sits in front of me that is 30 pounds or more or even less overweight. And the first thing is I have them track, and almost always, we do not go right to a cut. Almost always, it's about changing what they're eating and trying to introduce more calories with their strength training is the first thing I always do. So I'm always having to explain this point. I just had a girl that I'm coaching uh, right now who I bumped her calories. When I first got her, same story, right? She overworked herself, under eight, metabolism was kind of slow or whatever. So I told her the process. And by the way, you got to explain the process to people. Let them know, like, okay, you're not going to lose weight for the first few months because here's what we're doing. You got to let people know ahead of time what's going to happen. You don't want them to be surprised. Um, but same thing, same story. And she worked with me, and little by little, I got her to eat more, and she's doing strength training. And then finally, I, I did another calorie bump on her. I said, okay, I'm going to increase your calories by about 120 calories a day. She's like, well, you know, still freaks me out every time we do this, but I trust you, so let's go ahead and do this. So she bumped them, and three weeks later, got a body fat test. She lost 2% body fat. She went up in calories and lost 2% body fat. Now, at this point, how difficult do you think it's going to be for me to convince her to work in the way that I want to get her to work? It's not that hard. Now she's seeing it. But initially, you got to kind of explain it to people and, and get them to buy in, and you got to keep explaining to them as you continue training them. Next question is from Phoebes Cray K. What do you consider or define as successful? How do you achieve success when it's hard to define? Only you can define it for yourself. Yeah, it's individualized. Yeah, you, you you can't do not let anybody else define success for you because it'll be it'll you'll be miserable. Some people say success is being happy. Um, I, you know, chasing happiness is the kind of the opposite of being happy because you're constantly chasing it. So I don't know if I would personally d- d- define it like that myself. For me. I define success as um, am I leaving? Am I living a life that I believe to be worth living? Do I feel like there's meaning and purpose behind it? Um, do I feel driven throughout the day? Do I feel fulfilled and content? Um, and uh, and that's it. Um, at, at the moment, I'll be quite honest with you. I feel all of those things, although I'm constantly searching to try to grow and get better at the things that I do. If everything were to stay as they were now forever, would I be happy? Probably. I mean, I've got great friends. I've got great family. I love what I do. I get to come into the studio every day and talk, my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my job, which is great. Um, we've got great team working with us and we're doing something that I, I believe in firmly. It doesn't mean I'm not always trying to grow. It just means that I think I'm, I'm, I feel fulfilled uh, at the moment, which is really good. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's if I assess, I mean, there's so many different things I could see whether or not I'm 
successful in or I've failed in or whatever. Like, I just want to know if I have been leveling up, if I have been uh, self-critical enough to where I can see progress in a lot of different avenues of my life. And it's affected people around me and I've helped people to the best of my ability. And, you know, I, I can look back and be proud of, of, you know, things overall, uh, of, of where I ended up. Uh, but in terms of like, I've hit the ultimate success. Like, I just don't, I don't know if I see, a moment where I'm going to be like, yes, you know, like, like done. this is, this is <laughs> yeah. the time. Like right now is like the ultimate pinnacle because I, I still have the, the, the self-criticism and the, the daily, um, motivation of, of trying to be better. And, and I, there's, there's just way too many things that, again, we mentioned the beginning of this episode on kind of a Debbie Downer part of the episode where, you know, you, you, you kind of look up to people and you look up to like successful people that have accomplished, uh, something in like one direction to the ultimate, you know, level that they could possibly achieve. But then, you know, but, but what about the dark side of it? You know, what about the other, the, the, the unbalanced portion of that, you know? And it's like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if like, I'm going to evaluate me just hitting one thing as the ultimate pinnacle because I, I want to go more in a well-rounded approach. Well, every, everybody wants to be like the successful person, but nobody wants to do what t- what it took to get to that point. You know right. what I'm saying? I, and I don't even know if success is a real thing. Like success to me is it sounds like it's a destination, and I don't believe being successful is a de- destination. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's an, an ongoing moving target. And I I want I want to be I want to be a successful person, but I'm not reaching searching for success. And so I think that's where a lot of people fail is they they think it's this destination. They think that I need to get to a certain dollar amount. I need to get to a certain achievement in my sport. I need to get to a certain place because what ends up happening to all those people when they reach there is they don't feel successful. They reach mm-hmm. that that pinnacle. They get to that point. And a lot of them are unhappy, like Justin was uh, alluding to in their life. And so I don't think success is a destination. I think it's a, an ongoing, moving target. And I'm all, and I'm always seeking that. Now, that doesn't mean I, I don't think that I yeah, have... Yeah, but the question is, are you enjoying the journey? Right. That's yeah. it. And so I th- and I, uh, to me, that is being successful, right? Mm-hmm. Is And, and you, you touched on it, Sal, is, is having purpose. Like uh, everything that I do. I mean, right now... Um, Swimming, right? That's a that's a new goal. It's a new thing that I'm into, and I think I'm I'm being successful right now because every time I get in that pool, I'm better than I was the day before. I'm I'm watching my uh, for, I'm watching myself progress. I'm enjoying the process. I'm loving it while I'm doing, it, even though it's hard and frustrating. I mean, I'm gassed. I'm gassed. I'm winded. I suck. I'm not very good at it. But I've learned to love those things. And that, to me, is actually the part of that that's successful. Mm-hmm. I'm being successful because I'm setting a goal for myself. I'm making daily improvements. And I'm loving the process while I'm doing it. To me, that is what being successful is all about. And I think that carries – I use a, a simple, dumb example like swimming. But that applies to much larger goals in your life, too. And I think there's nothing wrong because I know everyone's kind of shying away from the money thing. I've set – uh, many times in my life, I've set financial goals for myself where I want to be financially, whether that be an annual income or saved a certain amount or bought something for myself. 
I don't see anything wrong with that either. Mm-mm. I think there's nothing wrong with saying that, hey, I want to go out and buy this thing or I want to be at a certain place financially. And, and that to me is defined success, the process to get there while I'm working there. But also remembering while you're in all this shit and then you're in the middle of it and it's hard and you have setbacks and you get frustrated. Mm-hmm. That's the shit you got to learn to love because that is being successful because you're yeah. working towards something it, that you care about. It is. And when you achieve something, it's only beautiful because of what it took to get there That's right. it's never a, a trophy is worth nothing you know if, if i think of the the things that i won at or whatever you could give me all those awards but if i didn't do anything to earn them or get there those awards would they would be nothing they wouldn't be worth anything and when i think back at all my most fond memories you know what i remember the struggle the journey the work the yeah all the stuff and it's it, this reminds me of when people are like oh you know i want to achieve the ultimate body, and then I'll be happy. You know what? That's never going to happen. The happiness you're going to find, if you find it at all, is in the process. Mm-hmm. And then that's what's going to give you the side effect of having that well, that great body. And the heart of the, the process, such a good point, Sal, and the heart of the process, I would argue, the more success you'll feel from it. Mm-hmm. Um, Always. Because I, I've done some things, and this is why, too, that only you can define this, is there, there's been a lot of things in my life that somebody else might look at and go, wow, that was really successful, or wow, he made this much, or he did that, or he built this, or he's been here. When I think of some of the things that, like, I remember going pro as a, a men's physique guy, I've shared this on the show before, maybe one of the most epic, successful moments of feeling that way in my life. Uh, it's, I was I was not making any money from it. It didn't get, it didn't do anything other than I achieved it. But what what makes me feel that way is I know what it took, and all the effort, the sacrifice, the rough mornings, the grinding, the consistency, the percentage of people that will actually go that far. Like the difficulty of that is what made that so so successful for me, or made it feel like I was so successful for going through that. It really is. It's really the process part that really dictates how successful you are. If it was fucking really easy to do, then it probably is. It wasn't that much success or that fulfilling for you. But the harder it was, probably the more successful. Well, you'll feel. I mean, in 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 look at like we were like we all talked about that documentary, Don Wall or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I guarantee you. A week after they finally accomplished a great thing, they were like, oh, that kind of sucks. You know, it's all done. Like, I'm done with that journey. I'm Made done with it. that. Yeah, now it's, what? It's all, about, it's all about the journey. So if you, find, if you can find a way to enjoy the journey, success is already yours. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, it's really already there. And like right now, I'm having a blast. Uh, with the journey that's why I made that statement like if nothing ever changed I'd be happy because I'm having I'm just loving the whole process now the irony of that is when you love the process and you love the journey and you bust your ass at it because you love it so much success is yours one way or another it's going to happen next question is from Ricky Rondoneff have you ever felt like you failed your clients as a personal trainer oof Oh, you picked this one. You're gonna hit, you're gonna hit it, hit us right in the feels. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, honestly, I feel like uh, I failed a majority of my clients for at least the first five years. At least the first five years, and even the ones that had success, I still think I failed them mm. because in my early career, I I was measuring my success as a trainer and their success as clients purely off of the goal they came in, they gave me, and then trying to push them to that. Mm-hmm. So someone walks in, they say, Adam, I want to lose 20 pounds. I train them over the next six, seven months. They get to their 20 pounds. I had success. So I thought that was success. I thought that I was doing them a service. But what I have realized later on in my career is I actually failed a lot of those people 
because I didn't, what I didn't do was I didn't instill new habits and change their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I didn't change, I didn't fundamentally change them for the rest of their lives. What I did was I held them accountable to the, to the, the knowledge that I had to get them to a certain place. And that as a personal trainer to me, that's the easiest part. We were just touching the surface in the beginning. I could totally echo that as being one of the, I like, I'm super critical of that, that whole process because it was so motivated to provide this service that was asked of me and I wanted to be the best at it. And I was only teaching them how to be dependent on me in, in that entire process. And I, I wasn't giving them the tools for them to then apply it and internalize it personally. And so, yeah, it, it kind of, it's rough because, because you do like, I have like run into one or two clients that I've had like in the very beginning and it's, it's kind of, it's tough because you, you can see that it didn't like, it's there, but it didn't really stick like the ones I had, you know, preceding them. Well, like, you, I'm better now. I'm better now. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, come on, come back. You, you realize but, that yeah, you, you actually probably perpetuated the problem. Of like, course. And you're right, Justin, like I had a lot of clients that that was the MO was you hired me. We kicked ass for six months. I got you in some of the best shape. Then you went off on your own for like six months or a year. And then you came back to me when you got fat again and mm -hmm. out of shape. And you knew it. And it was I, great for business and at it the was, time. It was. It was great for business. And so I fed into it. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is, right? When you you need me. Without me, you can't get in shape. And it's it was better for my business that way. And I and I know there's trainers out that think that way. Well, right? you think it's better for your yeah. business. But the irony is, is right. you got better. No, you're right. Yeah, because when, then what it turned into later on as I got better as a trainer is I would train a client three days a week, and then they'd go down to two days a week. Then they'd go down to one day a week. Then they'd go to like once a month. And they would just, once a month, they'd come in and give them a new workout. But they would be very consistent on their own and keep, you know, the one time I felt like I was, I don't know if failing is the right word, but uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done was doing a full transition to mind pump. Um, at the time, mm. the majority of the clients that I had been training had been with me for 10 plus years. So these were relationships I had with people that, um, I mean, think, think right now in your life, how many people do you see, you know, between one to three days a week and hang out with for a full hour besides for 10 years besides each other. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. nobody, right? Like these are people that I, I, and, and, and these were people that I took from, complete novices, never worked out, poor health, whatever. And I took them all the way to, you know, becoming where fitness became a part of their life, where they really understood nutrition for themselves. I saw these people have children. I saw their kids come in as infants and then grow up right in front of me. Some of these kids now are adults. Um, and it, 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 it was hard to leave them because at the time I was so afraid, like, fuck man, like, what am I, like, I hope they can keep going. I hope, even though I knew I did a good job, it was really really scary. I felt really bad. It was, it was really pulling at me. Now, the cool thing is this is four years later and, um, I know a lot of these people, I'm still in contact with them through social media and stuff. And they're all still working out. They're all still working out. They're all still consistent. And, um, and I think I did a pretty damn good job, but at that time it was really scary. But yeah, in the beginning, when I was a trainer in the beginning, man, it was tough. It was like everything that I, all the, the, my learning curves that I went through, my clients had to go through too. So it's like mm -hmm. when I first became a trainer uh, at the time I was, uh, reading about, um, you know, heavy duty training by Mike Menser and his, his theory was you go into the gym, you do one set to failure per body part or beyond, and then you're done. Leave it alone. Like set the gears in motion for muscle growth and then leave it alone. That was his whole thing. You just need to go super intense. So I fucking train, I would train clients like that. 
they would come in and they'd hire me for an hour. We'd be done in 20 minutes, but they were fucking happy to be done because I was doing a hack squat with them with two and a half pound plates all the way down and we're doing strip sets all Oh no, one set to absolute failure. And then we're done with your legs. And I'm pretty sure I didn't do them. I'm pretty sure I didn't do them any, any, any good. I'm pretty sure they didn't get any benefit um, out of that. And so I, I would do shit like that. I'd make mistakes like that. Or, yeah. you know, a, a client would ask me about diet. And so I'd say, oh, you know, if, if you, if you eat, uh, you know, two of these shakes a day and then just have one meal and these shakes are all complete nutrition, yeah. you're going to be totally fine. And I did that to some people and, um, all, you know, I was misled as well. And I was a, a young trainer. Um, so I remember, I remember well, scoffing at clients that would tell me that they walk. You know, I remember someone, yeah. I would ask someone, what do you guys do for, what do you do any activity or fitness? And they'd be like, I oh, well, I walk for an hour a day or a day. I'm like, oh. Yeah, you don't <laughs> yeah. work out. Yeah, right. And I would not take them serious. And I, I never used to tell people that. And now it's like the first place I start. It's the very first place I start <laughs> is to address their steps. I'm like such a firm. And I think maybe why when you hear this show, there's, there's certain things I think that probably even annoy our audience. That we, and, I, and I hope that if, if you've been listening to Mind Pump long enough that you know that that, that comes from a good place from us. I know it may sound mm-hmm. annoying because, you know, like, for example, I repeated Irresistible, the book, a million times. I've talked about <laughs> tracking your food a million times for the first two weeks. I've talked about only changing one thing. But the reason why I think I speak so passionately about these things is because I, too, was on the other side and I was fucking up and not doing that. Yeah. And when I figured this out, it became a game changer as a, as a trainer. And it really, really, truly started to help people. So, you know, the things that I used to scoff at and not even speak to are some of the things I spend most of the time, like steps and sleep and this type and mitigating stress. Mm. I just never, I never spoke to those things because, again, I was so focused on the goal, the and especially being a numbers guy like I am, I was mm. so focused on the, the science and the numbers on how to get you to the goal you gave me versus... Let me really dive into the psychology of you, learn all about you, learn what, what you, where you're at in your life, and then all the areas that I can slowly start to fundamentally change forever. Yeah, it was interesting to think back to it because it was for me, it was like a, a total split and division of like one focus was very much more like, well, everything clinical, like everything I've learned in a clinical setting, I need to apply this to each person that's like sort of, you know, has some experience to very little experience, you know, and so I would go have them go through this, you know, standing on one leg process and, you know, all these really ineffective exercises that I thought was like, you know, very much needed in order to gain stability and like go through this whole pyramid process, uh, you know, through NASM and whatnot. And then on the other flip of that, I would get somebody that, uh, you know, was either thought they were an athlete or they're experienced and I would like totally grind the shit out of them and like way too intense, way too hard and would try and teach them things that were way above their level because I thought, because I could do it, you could do it, yeah. you know, and, and this is a, some, a hard lesson I had to learn was like how to uh, really, you know, peel that back and teach each step of that process that led me to where I am. This is also where we battle people, like our friends, like Lane Norton, who's a good buddy of ours, but we still don't agree on a lot of things because I, you know, when you've been in the battle with these people for as long as we have, you know, there's certain, yeah, yes, okay, where the science is at with artificial sweeteners and shit like that, 
Like we, we still don't know how bad it is for us. And we could sit here and debate round and round circles on it is or it isn't. But what I fucking know for sure is the habits that that promotes in people. Mm-hmm. And when you justify it and you let and you give them the free pass that, hey, it's totally okay to eat bars and shakes and processed food all day long because as long as the, the macros fit, you're fucking fine. The problem with that message is what it does to 90% of the population. Does that mean that somebody who really understands nutrition can find a way to integrate those things into their diet and still live a normal life? Sure, but I'm trying to talk to the fucking masses. I'm trying to talk to the people that I've been helping my entire career, and those people don't even, they're not in touch with their body. And so when you eat something that hijacks your signals that make you think you're hungry or want more, you're going to find more ways to include it. Right. It's just natural. Yeah. I'd say the the ones I feel the worst about, the clients that I feel the worst about are the ones that, because, you know, when I first started, I was a super passionate. I'm going to get everybody in shape whether they like it or not type of attitude. And I feel the worst about the clients that I would blow out of the gym uh, because I'd have these these come-to-Jesus talks, I used to call it, where they'd come in and they're not progressing and I'm going to fucking hammer this. This person's going to get in shape. And I'd sit down and I'd blast them. And I, I had a few people cry. I had a few people cry, made me feel good, made my ego feel good. Like, yeah, you know, they know that they need to do this. And they didn't come back. You know, I'd have a, I had a couple of them yeah. that never came back. I still think about them. Yeah. And I still think to myself, like, fuck, I failed you, man, because you were at least showing up, but, you know, you didn't meet my expectations, which were insane for you, knowing what I know now. Um, you know, that's terrible. The other ones I feel bad for, the ones I used to beat the crap out of in the gym. Yeah. That used to be a badge of honor. It's still like that. By the way, one of the easiest ways for me to determine whether or not a trainer is very experienced and has had a career for a long time or if they're new mm. is how hard they train. If I see a, cl- a trainer beating the shit out of a person in the gym inappropriately where I'm looking at the client going, that is not a super fit you athlete. hammering them. And yeah, you're having them jump up and down on benches and do circuits with all kinds of crazy shit and you're almost dying and you look like an everyday you know, soccer mom or you're dude like, or whatever. Get up and go. Come on. Yeah, I know I'm looking at a new trainer. Like, yeah. okay, that guy has not been training for longer than a year. Yeah. This is what they think they need to do. Uh, on the flip side, the experienced trainer is the ones taking their time, understanding movement, correcting movement patterns, and the clients leave the gym smiling, feeling happy versus looking like they just they just get <laughs> they torture. Throw up. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I did that, man. I did I that know. early on. It was like it was funny too. Trainers, it's almost like you you brag about it. Like, dude, did you see how I trained my client? Fucking, uh, yeah. You had to throw up. You got to try of this move. Yeah. I remember a client threw up once. Um, went outside and puked. Uh, because we were working out legs so hard, a badge and, of and, honor. Yeah, and and, and 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 you know, and the trainers are like, like fist bumping me, like, yeah, dude, you fucking, you're a good trainer, terrible trainer. What a <sighs> shitty trainer I was. Yeah, uh, you know, back then. So if mm. I trained with you back then, my apologies. Yeah. We'll I got a lot. Our I got right a lot now. better. It's almost like that girl that you like made out with that was super hot, but you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. And then much later you run into her. <laughs> Try to explain to yeah, her. Yeah, no, 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 I'm good at it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, that was, was my like, first attempt. She's like, no, that, guy, <laughs> that guy's gross. You should have seen the way he uh, <laughs> clinks my teeth. I'm he way better weird, now. <laughs> he did this weird tongue burrito thing with me. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download any of our guides for free. We got a lot of fitness guides on there and they're all absolutely free. Make sure you go to mindpumpfree.com. Also, if you want to check us out on social media, you can find us on Instagram. You can find Justin's page at Mind Pump Justin. You can find my page at Mind Pump Sal. And you can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>